0: Everybody. Welcome to the bodybuilding.com podcast. Nick Coleus here. I'm some kind of editor at the website. Some kind of website. I don't even, I don't remember no. what kind of editor I am. But we all know what kind of editor my co-host, Chrissy Kendall is. It's the science editor because that's the word she chants when she whips me in the office for <laughs> not using proper footnotes. <laughs> There are any uh, there are any studies on on whipping people and motivation in an office setting, you think? No,
1: but that sounds like a great <laughs> research project get IRB study. approval for that.
0: <laughs> or at least WBFF approval for it. Yeah, because you Because you can grant that, right? Sean Stafford, our guest today, he, uh, he can, uh, is speaking for the WBFF Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, can, I can grant you the WBFF uh, <laughs> approval. But we have to use, like, a big feather to hit me or something. Exactly. If there's wings involved. I was going <laughs> to say,
1: can I wear wings? <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, our, our guest today is um, a two-time. WBFF world champion fitness model. Am I getting that right? That's correct. I All right. Know. Sean Stafford, optimum nutrition athlete. You may have met him over the weekend in Las Vegas if you were able to brave the lines. I heard the lines were rather
2: insane. It was optimum. crazy. The, the lines for the optimum booth are always just, I feel sorry for the people that get in them because mm-hmm. this hours. Yeah. What, what do they get? Do they get to the front of the line. <laughs> they get a high five to start yeah. with, uh-huh. and a we, shot of amino energy. Yeah, we, That's we load them up with as much as we can, whether it's a pre or ca- you know yeah. amino energy. Yeah, something to just calm them, <laughs> give them a bit more energy. Mm-hmm. We're actually trialling the the new Opti Bars this okay. year, so. It was immediately given a handful of them. It was a bit like trick or treat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, is there like a you know huge airplane full of bars that flies in? I mean, yeah. I think so. I think they come in on pallets. Really? Yeah. Have, <laughs> you see the storeroom backstage; it's just full of product. Okay.
0: It's Crazy. Mm-hmm. Is, that, I mean, is that your major uh, your major duty down in Las Vegas the last few days? You just hanging out in the expo, or what were you? Yeah, doing? it was. Mm-hmm.
2: There was it was a real combination of working the booth, meeting the meeting the consumers, um, filming some content mm-hmm. for, for websites and that sort of stuff. Cool. And, Yeah, it was a, it's very hard to have a bad time in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So everyone seems to be there for the same sort of reason, just to go have a good time. Mm -hmm. And when there's that many sort of like-minded sort of fitness enthusiasts in one place, chances Mm -hmm. are it's going to be a good weekend. Sure.
0: I I mean, there is one way to have a bad time, though. Um, Chris Ullery, one of our our, um, colleagues here, was telling me he ate... Boiled chicken breasts and broccoli on Friday night with somebody who was preparing for a photo shoot.
2: That's that sounds like a pretty bad time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that. You, were you able yeah, to eat down there? <laughs> he's, uh, he's not living. <laughs> he's, no, uh, yeah, I mean, you me in
1: Vegas. Go to the buffets. Like, I do know. something there.
2: Yeah, we had a uh, we had our thirtieth birthday party. Um, Optimism's 30, 30 years old, so we had a huge party on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and it started off at the buffet at, yeah, uh, at the Wynn. Ca- Nice. Which was good. Wow. Just taking over the buffet. I like it. Hmm. Yeah, there was a whole, I think there's like 60 of us. <laughs> I felt sorry for everyone else in yeah. there because it's like a plague of locusts just came in and whoom, <laughs> <laughs> the food was gone. So now, but that, that, you're at that point, it's like, all right, you need to
0: get in the front of the line. You've been watching all these other poor bastards yeah, for exactly. days yeah. in the line. Like, I got to, let me go up front yeah. right away. <laughs> um, well, we were uh, we were going to talk about coming back from injury today as a, as a general arc of this conversation. You did a cool piece for us earlier this year. It was a yeah. video that was a, Shoulder-friendly chest and back workout, I believe, which, you know, it's funny. You never see the shoulder-friendly shoulder workout. It's always a shoulder-friendly chest workout. I don't
2: think there is a shoulder-friendly shoulder workout. No, okay. There's just
0: no friendliness involved. (laughs) But we understand you came back from fairly significant shoulder injury in the last year or so, right? Was was that one of those, uh, you know, I don't remember the last time I wasn't in pain situations, or was it one of those, oh, shit, I just really injured myself?
2: Well it was one of those things where I think I had a um, I had a bike crash in uh, 2012 yeah, it. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I, I tore my labrum pretty badly mm-hmm. back in 2012 but I had so many things on and there was enough muscle mass around the shoulder that you can kind of just deal with it mm-hmm. and get on with it and you know so many people that get hurt are not hurt bad enough mm-hmm. that they stop mm-hmm. they kind of just muddle through and they forget actually what it feels like to be 100% mm-hmm. fit mm-hmm. and then being 80% fit, kind of what what feels like 100%, and then eventually at 70% and then 60% Mm -hmm. until you get to a point where your body just goes, you know what, something's not right. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a case of, I just started to lose control in my my left side. Mm -hmm. And I woke up, when I was in Australia, I woke up one day and it was just sort of shooting pain into my shoulder Mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't sleep. And I was just like, something's not right here. So I went to get a scan. And that's when they found a sort of golf ball sized cyst in the labrum and mm. it was kind of depressing the nerve mm-hmm. yeah. so basically the nerve supplying all the innovation to my shoulder was just shut down yeah. so it's amazing what mm. you can get on with. Right. You know when you're actually that messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the cyst developed somehow in response to the it, it was in in the tear. Yeah. So oh, wow. it kind of had been sitting there under the radar, growing for about three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was Everyone's like, did you not see it? Isn't it like a big lump? And I was like, no, I just thought it was gains. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was, <laughs> any kind of growth, yeah. yeah any kind of tape measures going up, <laughs> exactly, right? Just ch- chalk it off, progress.
0: Uh, I hear that from people all the time, though. Like and say, "Oh, my shoulder mobility, shit, you know, on this or that because of a car crash I was in five yeah. years ago," and they think that that's just like you know their their path, their life went on a different path at that point. Yeah. There's no going back from it. Is that kind of what you thought? Like, yeah, this is this is part of my body now.
2: Uh, I kind of thought, yeah, I can, you know, I'm still getting sort of either sports massage or physiotherapy Mm -hmm. or osteopathy sort of once a week trying to just muddle through it and it was only really to the point when it really had a significant impact on things I could do that I thought Mm -hmm. hey something's not quite right here Surprising
0: most people weren't saying hey dude Sean you you gotta get that thing looked at something ain't right here.
2: Well this is it so I had a, I was, you know the the therapists that I was seeing kind of say yeah it's very similar to like a rotator cuff tear or Mm -hmm. something like that you know which there's not much you can do and then one of them said you know what the symptoms kind of don't quite match up. I, I'd get a scan because I think it could be a cyst, and then lo and behold, hmm. they have a look in there and this
0: y- your little belt is too large. And too you could, to be I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> a
2: secret. You couldn't see any cyst because it was uh-huh. deep in the in sort of the labrum, so you couldn't you wouldn't know there was a cyst hmm. there. It was only it was this
0: hardcore s- anatomy check. Yeah. Right, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I'm like fascinated by this. What was the recovery like once they once you? Did you have the cyst I, I, removed? I had or?
2: a, I had six point surgery, so it was almost a full reconstruction. So when, mm. when they went in there, they kind of said, "Look, we've got to remove the cyst. Yeah. We've then got to free up the nerve because you, you, it was depressed. We've then got to sew up the labrum. Yeah. And if we're going to do all that, we might as well shave a bit of bone off, clean this out, clean that out. it was, it was yeah. literally. I think it was very much a case of while we're in there, we'll just try and do everything we can to make it as sort of a successful procedure as possible, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which left me pretty banged up. Yeah. And I
1: think for a lot of people, that's the reason why they don't get surgery and why they settle with 70% is going to be my new 100%. Like I'm okay not ever feeling good because I don't want to have to go through six surgeries Mm -hmm. and the recovery. And I think mentally that's the toughest part is accepting that. And then, yeah, after that, you're not going to be able to do anything and then it's going to be a slow long recovery coming back.
2: Yeah, and and you know the surgeons are pretty open with you though. They they give you the this is a 60% chance of working. So we're going to go in there, we're going to chop you up, we're going to try and fix you, but chances are there's a 60% chance this isn't going to work. Yeah, and it, I think when you look at those odds and you say that this is going to be not only 6 months on the sidelines but you know it's almost 50-50 that mm-hmm. you're not actually going to be any better at the end of it. I think that's what puts a lot of people off. And mm-hmm. to be honest, if I was going to give advice to people, 70% and against having surgery, or 80% having surgery, and, and you're not an athlete, or you know, you're, you're a social sportsman, or
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I would probably give surgery a bit of a miss if I could. I'd mm-hmm. say I'd avoid it at all costs. You know, mm-hmm. you can get physio, you can get osteo, you can get soft tissue work, and you can get by still feeling good mm-hmm. and not go through the the trauma of yeah. having
0: yeah. it's hard though with athletes, you know, and even people who just kind of want to be athletic, there's kind yeah. of a badge of honor that starts to develop. I'm sure you met you saw this when you're doing all this rowing, like yeah. every somebody gets a tweak, they wear it as a badge <laughs> of honor and it's like, Oh, this is just part of the game. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, how many ice packs can you wrap around <laughs> yourself after a practice or something yeah. because of mm-hmm. how banged up right. you are? But you will never stop. Like, I'm just going to keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah, we talked about
2: this
0: a little bit with Mark Bell. Where powerlifters are just yeah. notorious for just they get their laundry well, those list guys, of complaints yeah. all yeah. the time. But
2: well, those but, guys, they push themselves to the limit. Sort mm-hmm. of their thing is to, you know, a pound every time. Right. You know, so they they measure in such small margins. Mm-hmm. But it's just progress, progress, progress. Mm-hmm. They're just constantly pushing themselves. So. Yeah. yeah, when you think when you push yourself to the brink like that, mm-hmm. you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. Sure,
0: but th- those people are battling against pound, uh, pounds on the stage. Like yeah, that's, yeah, their, yeah. that's their sport too. If somebody whose sport is more physique based, like you can think like, okay, maybe I can work around this. You know? Exactly. Uh, but at the same time, are you committing yourself to being one of those people who just does you know 45 minutes of prep for 10 minutes of work in the gym for the yeah, rest yeah, of yeah. your life yeah. at that point? So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting you talk about about the recovery. I want to know what to, yeah, w- kind of when you at you, the procedure's done, you're, you're deep into recovery, deep into rehab, and you're starting to think like, okay, yeah, wh- when did you sort of discover what your new normal was going to be?
2: Um, I would say it's only really been the last six months. Really? Yeah, wow. so there was, I'd say it probably took about five months before I could train properly, mm-hmm. or feel, feel comfortable to train, and if I'm honest, I don't feel 100% comfortable and confident doing certain mm-hmm. movements even now, so if you asked me to do some snatches... I would say, nah, I'll mm-hmm. be okay. Okay, well, we were going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there so goes that's, the second that sort half.
0: of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: man against yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, fairly controlled and I, mm-hmm. I, certain exercises I can do no problem and I'm probably as strong as I was before surgery but now there's certain exercises which I know are just going to make it worse Mm -hmm. and there's always going to be some level of imbalance and sort of structural deficiency in there and yeah i do my rehab i do my stretching i do my all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's always going to be a little bit off so there's some things which you just learn to avoid and you know plan your training Mm -hmm. around it sure and do you oh go ahead i was
1: going to ask if you had someone that helped you map out or plan how to incorporate certain exercises back because I know I'm guilty of this. I get an injury and the minute I start to feel a little bit better, I'm like balls to the wall. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then I just get injured again. Um, And that's the story of my life. Um, I don't know how to pull back. Um, And so I imagine prior to surgery, you're doing almost everything, you know, whether it felt comfortable or not, but you have that image in your head of oh, I can do this, or I know how to do this, and then all of a sudden you have surgery, and it's a very slow process and I'm sure there were some temptations to be like let me just try. It. Let me just see yeah. this. And so, how did you, you weren't
0: just training calves for six yeah,
1: months? Like. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> yeah maybe so you were. No, I don't. No, I'd how did wasn't. you kind of? Have you seen my calves? Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> no, they're not.
2: Yeah, yeah. volume calves. Yeah, they yeah. running back to back. I don't think I've trained them for six minutes, let alone six months.
1: So, <laughs> so did you work? Uh, did you have a trainer? Anyone yeah, I who actually, has kept you on track and? Yeah, you know? I actually hired a coach. So okay. I
2: hired. Um, I, I'm really lucky that I have a, a team of trainers that I work with at my gym in London. And we have a, a rehab specialist, he's got a master's in exercise science, and he's he's very good at rehab. So I just said to him, I need to hire you for two 45 minute sessions a week, I paid the money, I blocked the time out. And it was mm-hmm. just one of those things where that's kind of, anybody that has a trainer, one of the best things about it is it holds you accountable, mm-hmm. and it means that you don't skip it, and you don't, you know, you don't just go and do legs, you don't just jump on a treadmill, you, you know. It forces you to be diligent and to tick off all the things you need to tick off. and. Not only that, but you've got another set of eyes watching you, so that your form will be better, your technique will be better. You know, they'll when you maybe go, oh, I'm going to stop. They'll say, actually, you could probably do a couple more reps there, or slow it down,
1: mm-hmm.
2: engage the right muscles, sort of make sure everything's firing the right way. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think it cost me what five hundred, or the equivalent about five hundred dollars mm-hmm. for the for the first six weeks, and it's just yeah. like yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's it fits versus another surgery. Exactly, exactly. like
1: thousands yeah. of dollars for, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And for me, the hardest thing about being sort of the rehab process was that I wasn't able to train 100%. And that's that's what I love doing. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was $500 spent, but it's going to get me there quicker. Yeah, It's going to yeah. get me to where I need to be quicker. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy to pay it. Mm.
0: So with all the work that they did on your shoulder, is that like a bionic shoulder now? Has this? beautiful range of motion the other one's the bad shoulder
2: no not quite oh. it's still <laughs> as I said it's 60% no it's 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 not 100% but mm-hmm. again it's it's one of those things where I think for the rest of my life I'll probably have to spend a bit more time warming it up working on the sort of the, the rotator cuffs on my left hand side are, are still weaker than my right hand side mm-hmm. my pec on my left hand side is still a lot tighter mm-hmm. so that's one of those things where I still get soft tissue I still spend 15 minutes before every session mm-hmm. warming it up and mm-hmm. I think that's just part Of my life now, but sure. has, as it, you,
0: has it changed like the, the priorities that you use when you you know construct your split or something? Like, 100 like, yeah. chest, chest and back is not the, the pairing that everybody does by any means. Or yeah. I like saw you had another video online that was shoulders and back, yeah. Um, is, is that do you, do you have that in mind when you when you construct those? I,
2: I actually don't train shoulders, mm-hmm. as in, I, I very, very rarely train shoulders in isolation, as in, a lot of guys, that, especially guys that compete in physique, you know, shoulders is a big day for them, for me, it's not because I actually recruit shoulders, nearly doing everything else. When I train back, I Mm -hmm. recruit shoulders. When I train chest, I recruit shoulders, arms, shoulders. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't want to overwork them. Mm -hmm. I try and base my splits around recovery patterns, and I know that my shoulders need Mm -hmm. a high level of recovery. So I actually combine a lot of the time, I call it a weak link program. So things that are not so good. So hamstrings, lower back, and Mm -hmm. the smaller muscles of the shoulder, sort of like mm-hmm. the medial delts, the rear delts, those sort of things. I kind of chunk them together into like a 30, 40-minute program, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I do when I've got 35, 40 minutes spare, okay, and so I might like not... almost
0: an active recovery day, toss that kind in of, or Kind of, kind yeah, of. That's a cool approach. Yeah, yeah
2: it's, it's whenever I've got a couple of days where I'm not smashing a really hard workout, I'll look to push on and, and kind of build up this weak link program so that eventually those weaker muscles will be just as good as the... Mm-hmm. The other Mm -hmm. ones are the power muscles.
0: And and when somebody in the gym sees you doing that, do you do stop and say, "Well, give them the functional exercise"? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I mean, I don't know. It's like injuries. Injuries can be kind of like pregnancies. I found like father. Everybody who's yeah. gone through a pregnancy, father and mother, you know, they they, they they've got the lesson to take. They become an instant expert. Instant expert. Like, oh, I can tell you all about pregnancies and yeah. births and everything. And, and everybody who's had an injury, like they come back, they're at six, even if they're just at sixty percent again, yeah. they'll tell you everything you want to know yeah. about yeah. it. So it's,
2: it's actually quite um. So I say probably the if people get in touch with me on, on my Facebook page or on Twitter or on something, I say. 30% of all the questions I get asked, apart from, hey, bro, how'd you get abs? Are, <laughs> you know, I've hurt my shoulder, what can I do? And although I've been through the process, I know the, I know how complex the shoulder mm-hmm. is and how everyone's circumstances are completely different. So mm-hmm. I always have to say, look, go see a trained professional, mm-hmm. Yeah. go yeah. see a doctor, go see a physio, go see an osteo, get their advice. And then if you really wanna, you know, if you really wanna come back to me and let me, you know, let me know what they said. Right. You know, go on my youtube see i've vlogged the whole rehab process mm-hmm. i can steer you in the right direction you know some of the articles on bodybuilding.com that sort mm-hmm. of stuff mm-hmm. but it's like people kind of think because you've had an injury that all of a sudden you're a qualified to mm-hmm. give advice right. on it and you know and i think as a as a sort of healthcare or you know fitness professional you've got to be really careful about that
0: sure yeah and this wasn't like the standard bro impingement that you had no. uh, this right. was, this yeah. was real okay. deal like everybody who trains in the gym every once in a while just because we have shitty posture and shitty jobs. yeah, yeah You fight against some shoulder impingement sort of stuff, yeah. but most people... To take that $500 maybe in their health savings account that I've got. I have $500 I'm thinking about yeah. right now. <laughs> like, you could, there's so much you can yeah, probably yeah. do with that, as you say. Like, yeah, but before thinking about surgery, especially, I mean, back is the other thing. People oh, hurt their backs. Crazy. And there have been, uh, my wife works for a health information company. She was telling me that yeah, it's 50 50 for improving your situation. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get back surgery. It's going to be all better. Yeah. It doesn't make no. you better. No. <laughs> no. no. I mean, it can, I suppose. But
1: Yeah, again, but I think it's all. Relative to the injury, the status of the injury. But mm-hmm. um, I'm interested, did any of your goals or have your goals changed? Like prior to you having surgery, and someone said, where do you see yourself in five yeah. years as far as like training, competing, that sort of thing? Um, professionally, obviously being yeah. in the fitness industry, to now, where you kind of see yourself. Um, and again this is more of like a physique like you know uh, do you are you obviously probably not trying to set you know prs and and an overhead press anytime soon um (laughs) but (laughs) nope not doing it but you know have you had to readjust any of those or kind of consider and be like okay let's take a step back and think what i want to prioritize right now and then how i'm going to get
2: yeah i think i think any any guy especially that's sort of goes to the gym and especially guys that compete in physique or bodybuilding you know they just want to get as big and as jacked Mm -hmm. as possible right so they want to go in there they want to be pushing huge numbers they want to be getting as big as possible and I know that just I don't know if I'm getting older Mm -hmm. or whether it's because I've had surgery or just because I think as you you spend time in the gym your interests do kind of evolve and, and and shift. For me, it's a case of I still want to be strong. I still want to be lean. I still want to have good balance in my body. But for me, it's a case of I want to be pain free mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I want to feel functionally mm-hmm. fit. You know, I, I've never done CrossFit, but I look at it and I go, "Wow, I'd love to be able to do that." And I just know that functionally I can't. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think there it doesn't necessarily. I think how you gauge progress maybe evolves. Mm -hmm. So whereas before it was just kind of like, yeah, I want to wear an XL Uh t-shirt and be skin (laughs) tight. I think now it's more of a case of, you know, I'd love to be able to do a handstand Uh push-up or, you know, I'd love to be able to row 500 meters in, you know, a minute 15. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's just the time you spend in the gym and how your your goals sort of evolve. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and, you know, there's all sorts of interesting research also saying you don't need... Big numbers to have big muscles anyway, right? That's a constant back and forth that we that yeah, we people struggle say, with. Like, people people suspension. chasing numbers yeah. in this office or in any gym. they they often do it at the expense of their yeah. future in the gym. It's oh, I'm weak as
2: person, I'm yeah. pretty big. Well, that's, I mean, Nick and I always talk
1: about, you know, one RM testing and why, like, how important is it to know, like, one time? And and Nick always brings up a good point. Like, isn't it, doesn't it mean so much more if you can do something three or five times? Like, lift a certain weight in good form multiple times. Isn't that, you know, couldn't that be used as strength? And then you're less likely to have some sort of injury from, you know, lifting a heavy load way, you know, more than what Mm -hmm. you can handle. So just looking at strength differently than 1RM mm-hmm. or, you know, lifting a car. Or
0: even <laughs> testing your 1RM. We had, we had an interesting piece come out a couple of days ago from a great coach named Mike Robertson, where he said, yeah, you're going to use your 1RM for reference here, but you can use a weight that you do for five times to calculate it. Don't use, you know, like yeah. don't use your 10RM to calculate your 1RM, but use your 5RM to yeah. calculate it. And it's... It works. It's mm-hmm. good. It's good enough for everyone, and mm-hmm. at the same time, they don't just totally max out their mm-hmm. nervous system, max out their muscles to the point where they like, "Oh, I tested my one RM. Now I got to go to bed for two weeks." Yeah. afterwards. <laughs> I think easy. I
2: think that's what a lot of people underestimate is that tax on the the CNS, mm-hmm. the central nervous system, just gets battered. Mm-hmm. I did a, um, I did a mini phase of wave loading mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and gee, I was so tired. Mm-hmm. I think two weeks in, I was just spent. Mm-hmm and i'd say okay step back i mm-hmm. i'm with you i
0: did a 20 rep deadlift program yeah. it just ended That's last week <laughs> ended because i had that same sensation yeah, yeah. i was like fuck this i want two weeks <laughs> yeah. of i'm going to do something else <laughs> yeah. after after four i think it was four or five weeks and i was like i just i my body is kind of telling me all the time that you're still not really recovered from this yeah. three times a week 20 rep three sets mm-hmm. of 20 is deadlift you know it doesn't have to be a whole lot of weight it yeah, just yeah. it just starts to chew you up after a little while you know
1: yeah yeah, mm. I think we've all probably but, experienced that coming out of bed in the morning, can't can't really move, and you but know, I like, why? What is know, the point?
0: Like, you can. I mean, the, the the advantage of heaviness is you can feel like you're, uh, you can do more with less. You know, yeah. like, yeah. oh, okay, I I got one heavy thing in here. I don't have to just pile on, you know, hours and hours of volume in order to feel like I actually achieved something yeah. in the gym. But I think you
1: know? too, like, I mean, that was all great. Like, I did that when I was younger. Not saying I'm old by any means, but yeah, when She's I'm twenty-one. G- <laughs> <laughs> when I'm like having to, you know, stand up from kneeling on the ground and I hear my knees pop and it's like, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? So, like, what is the point? I will never compete in the Olympics. I mean, unless something crazy happens. But, like, <laughs> at what? the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Olympics comes <laughs> calling at
0: bodybuilding.com. <laughs> hey, hey guys, there's a shortage. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we need a badminton player. Um <laughs> But yeah, you just, I, I, you know, as you were talking about it, it's like, re or just considering what your goals are. What do you want to be doing five years from now, six years from mm-hmm. now? And I mean, even for myself being a collegiate athlete to now, how I train is a complete 180. Like, I think back to how I did three hours of training a day, yeah. and I'm like dying after one hour now. I'm like, that's good. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, what you know, you just kind of step back and think, what am What am I trying to prove? Mm-hmm. And I love to have goals. I think goals are great, but having goals that you see yourself being able to continue and progress forward on mm-hmm. and build off on. Having a, having a
0: kid around can help bring mm-hmm. some of this into clarity yeah, as well. I imagine puts a lot into perspective. Yeah. they're they're functional. Like, yeah. they're very functional. You want to hang out with them, keep up with them. Yeah, you can't just be just destroying yourself all yeah. the time.
2: Yeah, I. I with my boy cuz uh we are his cot in the room and well, cuz he's he's very small mm-hmm. Bending down and over to pick him up, and as he gets heavier and heavier yeah. and heavier, <laughs> it's like my back is yeah. like, oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, I no, my my older son, is four and a half, and he's officially like, you know, almost too too heavy to carry. Now he's yeah. about forty pounds, but it's like forty seriously long, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awkward, and he wants to be carried every once in a while, just like, oh, I'm so sleepy, you carry me there. I'm like, dude, you're a sandbag. <laughs> yeah, you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> I got to put you over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> If but, yard run I mean, I don't know, I feel like if I'm if i if I'm so gassed that I can't play with him and play with him to a degree where, like, we're both having a hell of a lot of fun, I'm missing out on a lot, yeah. and, uh, yeah. too. Yeah. And you know? I think
2: that's where sort of your perspective changes. You know, you, what mm-hmm. would you rather do, be able to play for 45 minutes without even, without even puffing mm-hmm. with your boy or, you know, be jacked and wear a large T-shirt? Yeah, mm-hmm. know, yeah. It puts things into priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: kids, they, they seem like they they don't have rotator cuffs. I think they, no, they
2: don't, do they? Like, <laughs> I no. I remember, I remember when I was a kid. I was like, I was never ever injured. Right. They don't like, have
1: tight hamstrings. Yeah, they don't. Or hip flexors. No yeah. shoulder issues. Are, I mean, are
0: there are there hips thinking? Because I watch kids squat all the yeah. damn time. Yeah. Are their hips fundamentally different than ours? Do you know this? Like, is there something that happens between age? four and age 30 where your hips just kind of go, nope.
1: Yeah, I know. It I feels mean, like it. Even, but no, even but the, yeah. the
0: squatting culture yep, people, you yeah. look at people on a, you know a train platform in Japan or India there's their, their squad isn't a little kid squad necessarily it's yeah. it's a little different yeah
1: no it's crazy because none of that changes and and what they hmm. relate to even as we get older and increasing our risk for falls and fractures really? it's a lot of it is not because we're I mean, yes you have hormone changes you have things like that but a lot of it is because we just become more inactive whether that's flexibility, yeah. um, and as you get into your 60s, 70s, and 80s, a lot of times we see people doing less weight bearing, so then their bones become yeah. weaker. Yes, you have issues, and and you see estrogen go down, and that can affect, you know, for women, bone formation. But a lot of it is because we just are more physically inactive. And I know as I was when I was younger. Um, because of the sports I played, I was always stretching and, and doing all that sort of stuff. I don't do it anymore, and it—that is like the number one I'm reason good. I think why I'm in pain or like have tightness. It's just because I—I lift weights, I do all that, but I don't stretch anymore. Mm-hmm. I tell myself every Sunday night, like I'm going to start this week stretching,
0: hmm. and it
1: yeah. lasts for one day. But it's—it's it's hard. It's, <laughs> it, it,
0: you know, it's, it's interesting it's hearing painful. you talk about weak links because you can kind of take two paths there. You can be like, all right, yeah, you stretch what's. Tight, but then there's also the oh, I'm going to strengthen what's weak and try yeah, to you know yeah. add in some yeah. natural flexibility by working on weak links the and you, you, exactly you hear you hear strength coaches all the time say oh you think you should be stretching your hamstrings your hamstrings aren't the problem it's, it's your it's weak hip yeah. flexors blah, yeah. blah 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 you know how, how do you navigate that uh, when when your
2: body is your business I think you've just got to try and be as informed as possible haven't you mm-hmm. and you know you know your body isn't. You've had it for thirty plus years, mm-hmm. you know. So you kind of know what's weak, and you kind of know what's tight. And yeah, take take advice from experts. You know, if you've got a, a, a practitioner that you trust, and that you know they tell you to go and strengthen your glutes and mm-hmm. stretch out your hips and all that sort of stuff, then yeah, take their advice. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know what makes you feel better. You mm-hmm. know that if you sit there and you put a golf ball in your piriformis mm-hmm. and you you know put a band through your hip, and all of a sudden. You can move a lot freer, and your yeah. squat goes deeper, and everything works a bit better. Mm-hmm. So that empirical evidence is pretty, it's yeah. pretty sort of damning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd listen to that. Yeah, but then you, you kind of have to do it over and over again. I that's know, the that, hard that's part. my problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have to do
1: this every day? Every time. Yeah. This
2: is the thing. I'd say most people, you know, they, they think of a workout as being, you know, I'm in the gym for an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes. I'm like, yeah, you're in for an hour and hour and fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. First fifteen minutes is this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, then you've still got 45 minutes of hard out, super intense Mm -hmm. work. Then you've got 15 minutes to stretch and Mm cool down. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's just a case of you don't have to be balls out 100% for an hour and 15 minutes because chances are you won't be 100%. You'll, you know, that's too long to be at a max. So really, I I always split it into those three phases of preparation, high intensity work, and then recovery. Mm -hmm.
0: So I noticed in uh, in the chest and back video that you did um, there was this foam rolling and all these things yeah. and then it kind of got skipped over in the actual video they were like all right let's get to the workout which I don't <laughs> to get I don't the blame fun stuff. Yeah. no but
2: nobody yeah. wants to watch you sit there it's foam not sexy rolling. yes yeah. foam rolling's not sexy oh. uh,
0: but at the same time it does give you kind of an opportunity to get your mind in in the right place for the yeah. intensity that maybe you can safely get into after
2: that I imagine and a lot of people they always forget to take their pre so they mm-hmm. always until they get in the gym like oh
1: shit I have yeah. not taken my pre
2: so that yeah. gives it time to kick in. It, yeah. That gives you time to... And also, even that foam rolling and that stretching, you know, it starts to get your endorphins flowing mm-hmm. a little bit. It gets you more in the mood. You know? mm-hmm. yep. Chances are you, there'll be other people training in the gym. You know, you'll you see some guys lifting heavy. You'll see some girls training hard. And it's like, yeah, you yeah, just start days. to soak. You know, kind of get involved with the environment. You kind of soak up the intensities in the gym. And then mm-hmm. when it's your turn, you just go for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just got to tell myself that and actually
0: do it well thanks for coming and talking with us Um, I don't know I I feel like there's a weak link training piece that needs to happen I think
2: I'm doing it tomorrow really there we go yeah yeah. I think I am because they they asked me to do you know the I think they call it a quick video or something or a Uh quick training video yeah and that just happens to be my, what I do when I've got 35, 40 minutes. Fantastic. Yeah, and I'm fun.
0: pretty sure that will come out before this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we'll
1: just so, uh, time warp it. Go back and in time yeah. and
0: uh, check out the, what looks approximately like a weekly training video from Sean Stafford. I okay. don't know so what it's going to be called. It'll yeah. be called something cool. I'm sure. <laughs> well, great. Thanks for yeah. coming and talking with us. So thank frankly, you for having me. It. Your shoulder. It's been a sensitive, a sensitive subject I imagine, but you seem like you've, you've no, embraced it comfortably. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good.
2: It's good. It's, you know, it's nice that there are a lot of people that go through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can just give someone, you know, an, you know a little glimpse that, you know what, it's going to suck yeah. mm-hmm. for a while, yeah. but just do little things yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And
1: life does exist after having <laughs> surgery. And oh, after, yeah. you know, like there's something to live for. Potentially for a long for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Potentially for a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you well, do it right. <laughs> t- t- tell, uh, tell our listeners where else they can find you. Um, you can follow me on my Facebook page, which is Sean Stafford Fitness. Or on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, which is just at Sean Stafford. Mm-hmm. Ah, fairly easy. But I yes. keep it I simple. There's no underscores. Yeah, no there, under are, there are other Shans with different spellings. Oh yeah, so yeah, I'm English. <laughs> if, you, if you guys haven't <laughs> if you realized, haven't if you didn't up. if you didn't uh. notice <laughs> my expo raspy voice, um, S H A U N. Okay. S T A W F. That's the Sean you're seeking. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. All right, thanks for talking with us. No problem at all. Thanks for having me.